Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're so excited about today's conversation. But before we get there, a couple things. First, today's episode is brought to you by our partners at Sanford MTI. We'll tell you more about them in a little bit. But I also want to encourage you to go and subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever, just hit the subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the little bell. We don't want you to miss a single episode. Our mission here at the podcast is to encourage and equip you to lead in a local church. And uh, we believe today's episode is going to do just that, Andy. Yeah, we are so glad you joined us for the podcast this week. We are delighted to have with us Ryan Whitley. Ryan is in, in the trustful area of Northeast of Birmingham. He serves as the pastor of Crosspoint there. He's got a great story. He's been there 25 years now. Uh, we're, we're grateful for his ministry. And Ron, we're thankful that you've given us some time today to share with, with us a little bit about what God's doing in your life and your, your church there. We can't wait to, to get to have a great conversation with you about some things among those disciple making. So thank well, you. Well, I figured out I figured out why you guys invited me. You didn't have a guest for this week, and you said <laughs> Whitley's not doing anything. He'll, he'll jump in on this. Not, not at all. Not at all. So I guess to give some behind the scenes look, Ryan, you and I met uh, several years ago when I was pastoring in Trustful as well. And, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to brag a bit. Uh, your church, I'd never met you at that point and uh, never met anybody at your church, but I started getting all these cards from people from your church that were praying for me as a new pastor in Trustful. That is so cool. And I got to know you, you know, the, the short time I was there in Trustful and, uh, you know, watch your ministry from afar. And so uh, we are excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Today. Thank you. Um, let me start by asking this, because some of the people watching and listening aren't from Alabama or from this area, so they may not know you, Ryan. So we were talking about it before we hit record. And uh, we were talking about your story, 25 years you just celebrated uh, at Crosspoint. And, uh, but you were really a part of an established church that kind of started and became Crosspoint. So tell a little bit about that story. Yeah. Uh, I was called to be the pastor of First Baptist Church Centerpoint in 1996. Uh, Centerpoint was trending in some directions where I'm not sure the church was willing to adjust. So in 98, we declared a pretty aggressive, bold vision that we were going to buy land, build a building, start a second location, bought land in 2000, completed the second location in 03, functioned as a multi-site church with 360 churches in America at that time as multi-site for about 18 months. And then Crosspoint just outgrew the, the plan that we had. Uh, Crosspoint became an autonomous church in 2005. I had never done that before, by the way. That was that was an interesting exercise, how you charter a church. Wow, that was interesting. Had some very smart people around me help me do that. And been functioning as a church since 2005. So there's the 25 years, 96 to 2021. Yeah, and what, a, what an incredible experience. One that is rare, I think, because you were pastoring an established church. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. that became another church that you began to pastor. Yeah, yeah. You know, Rick Lance helped me probably the most there because I would call Rick about every six or eight months and go, man, I, I think I got to walk away from this. And he said, well, if you do, this is what's going to happen. If you don't, this is what you need to do. And I, I had to learn, I had to transition my leadership. I went, I went from a pastor to a um, visionary to a church planner to, I don't know what I would be now. <laughs> I don't know what I'd be now. A campus pastor. I guess I'd be a campus pastor now. And, and Rick walked me through, well, not only Rick, but Rick was the first one to go, you got to change your leadership style. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy. Man, that's not easy. But I'm, I'm glad the Lord led me to do that. Well, a lot of the guys who are watching and listening to the podcast, uh, a lot of them are probably contemplating whether or not they need to change their leadership mm-hmm. style, especially mm-hmm. everything we've been through the past right. year and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to adapt and change from this point forward. Uh, have you guys uh, made any changes <laughs> at all, or have you just stayed the same? I mean, <laughs> obviously you've made changes and you've changed. Andy, that's a, that's oh, a legitimate yeah. question. That's a legitimate question. And we have made changes. We have made a lot of changes. And the be- I would say the best change we've made is whatever we didn't do last year, we evaluated this year to see if it was worth ever doing again. Mm-hmm. And there are many things that we've just left on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And we said, that's unnecessary. We, we've gotten leaner. Um, we, we've, there, there are, I don't know how many that would be. I'm going to say a dozen things, maybe less plus or minus somewhere in there, but there's just some things we said, you know, there's just no need to do that anymore. We, we functioned well without it last year. And, um, man, these are, these are incredible. I, I don't envy the two of you. I don't envy the two of you, your age, your stage of ministry. I don't know that I, I don't know that I have the wherewithal to do what you guys are trying to do. In the in the per, in the climate we're in today, yeah. Well, what what you just mentioned, I think, is key. I think that's going where a lot of guys are are challenged and struggle with if they want to continue down that path of yeah. knowing that they need to cut some things or modify and and totally just repurpose some things. Uh, we're we're big fans of less is more. You know, right. oh yeah. How do we how do we continue the mission that God's called us to in our church and simplicity? brings a lot of clarity and a lot of help and, and focus on, on the mission. So one of the things that you've kind of focused on, I think we talked about, uh, you, you might want to jump in on this, Mark, but uh, is, is our passion and that's disciple making. That's right. We feel like there should be simplicity and clarity in disciple making. Yeah. And, you know, you've been making disciples for a long time. Um, but, you know, we were talking before we hit record again, that you've got a kind of a restructured focus or a renewed focus in a, in a different direction, a different way. Um, talk a little bit about how you, you took maybe a, a kind of a potluck approach and, and really streamlined that uh, in the last few months. Yeah, that potluck would be a good word. I, I appreciate that. We did. We had this hodgepodge of tools that we were using and they were effective. They were effective but I'm not sure it was a real clean pipeline. Um, and we would grab and choose and pick and use when, you know, we would use uh, tell the truth for our evangelism tool. We would use lessons of assurance for our, 
you know, our walking with God tool, we would use, I I think I mentioned to you guys that we've used Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, and that's a a voluminous, burdensome book to take people through, but we've had a lot of people go through it and read it. Um, And um, I I, I do not know who said this, uh, but someone else said this, not me. And that is, um, as a minister of the gospel, it doesn't matter whether you're a pastor or a worship leader as or whatever, student minister, as a minister of the gospel, if you're not making disciples, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I heard that years and years and years ago, and I said, okay, I'm going to make disciples. And I've been through master life and I've taken people through master life. I've ta- you name it. I've used every tool out there, but, um, I'm going to say two years ago is when I discovered uh, Craig Etheridge's book, Bold Moves, and his series uh, that he calls the Grow Series. And when I read that book, he he was in my backyard. He was sitting right there talking to me every night, and he was telling me, this is what you're struggling with, this is what you can't figure out, and this is what you're trying to do. And so we've been in the Grow Series now for two years, and we're wrapping up our second generation of, of making disciples using that as our disciple pipeline tool. And, uh, we, I, I'm sorry, I don't know what the count is. It's, it's, um, I'm going to say we're probably at 90 people that are in the pipeline right now. It's fantastic. And yeah, we were, at, we were at 35 in the first year and, uh, we're probably at 90 right now. That is awesome. So I want to ask one follow-up to that. Uh, because we, we talk to a lot of uh, pastors and churches who are, are making disciples, but yeah. a lot of the churches and pastors we talk to are, are, you know, normal churches, normal size churches, normative, you know, 200 or less, you know, cross points a little larger. And so what does that look like practically uh, in the context of everything that you do as a church? Um. Are you talking about our disciple making process? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, how does that, I mean, practically speaking, yeah. is that, you know, how do you staff that? How do you train? Yeah. How do you equip? Yeah. You know, all that. Well, kind of- I, I'm going to give you my little stump speech here, uh, Mark, and you and Andy both will resonate with this. It's the, the and, and, and I have a good friend who has a, a minister of discipleship on his staff, and I sincerely appreciate that. But I think that's a, and, and it's a good position and they, you need that for structure and all that. But the number one disciple maker in the church is the pastor. And if he's not making the disciples, no one else is going to. And I'm the number one disciple maker and everybody knows that. And um, there's an expectation with, within our staff. Every one of our staff members has a grow group. Um, we start on January one. And we end on December 31st at midnight. Some groups are racehorses and they finish real quick and they're on to the next group and the others take their time. And, but just as long as they wrap it up and um, our, my, I would say that that's, that's the impetus that we use that it comes from the staff and then it just, it spreads out from there. But I will tell you this uh, when we ask that question about, the coronavirus and what we're not doing and what we are doing. 
one of the things that we said was, hey, look, if we're not doing it, if we, did, if we made it fine last year not doing it, then there's no need to pick that back up. Let's just use that resource and that time in our disciple making. Mm-hmm. So we've become much more focused on that. Um, for, I'll give you an example. I'm no longer teaching Wednesday night courses. We kind of have two tracks that run on Wednesday night. We have what's called Crosspoint University, which is good and it meets its need, but it's kind of that pick and choose curriculum. And I'm no longer doing that. My grow, one of my grow groups, I meet at six 30 with them and yeah. And it's just a better management of your time. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got built in childcare. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, you have built in childcare. You have built in meal. If your church is able to offer a meal and you have people that are moving in that direction. Right. Yeah. But our group and our grow groups meet all the time. Uh, any time during the week they meet, but it's easiest for me to meet. I, in fact, I have two grow groups today. I have one at five o'clock and I have the next one at six 30. And I just decided this is perfect time for me to do this. That's, that's, that's yeah. great. I mean, that's exactly what you talked about as far as looking at what's important and maybe allowing those things that not, are not as important are not helping us make disciples Letting those things, you know, uh, die on the vine or, 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 or repurpose them. So in this process of having this long tenure at a church, moving from established to a campus approach to a church plant, now now you're reinvigorated with this disciple making. There's some other pretty neat things happening in your church that you mentioned to us that, that God gets a lot of credit for allowing your church to catch this vision of generosity and understanding what that means. What you shared with us a little bit before we, we, we came on here, I, I would love for you to share and maybe let that be a way to encourage some people. Maybe they're not in a church that's as, as young as yours or as large as yours or, 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 or doesn't have the people or resources, but you guys uh, have seen God do something amazing in, in your giving. Tell us a little bit about that, Ryan. Yeah, and and by the way, I would say, Andy, that's all connected to making disciples. That's what we wanted to tie that together. What I'm about to describe is not something that's in a different silo. It's in the same. You cannot make well-rounded disciples without them understanding the principle of generosity. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's 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 part of the disciple-making model that 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 we use at Crosspoint. But let me just stop here for a minute and say this to to the guy who's grinding it every day and he's got 75 or 80 people who are going to show up on Sunday, or he's got 20, like a young pastor that I, that I love and know in the area over here. He's got 20 people every Sunday. Um, he can make disciples just like anyone else. Yeah. And, and he starts right there with who he's got in front of him. And that's his number one objective is to make those disciples and to love those people and to preach God's word and then leave the growth of that church up to the Lord. And it, and the size of the, the number of people you have in your disciple-making pipeline is not what matters. What matters is what kind of disciple are you making? Right. And, um, you know, y- y'all, and you guys know this adage, but it works. Um, you're not a disciple-maker until the person you've made a disciple is making a disciple. That's right. What, right. So, you know. And to, on, he said the same thing. Well, and to that pastor, I would say this. To that pastor, I would say this. Um, if he's just now entering into that phase of ministry, trying to figure that out, 
he's on a three-year trajectory before he figures out what he's doing. So it's not a, it's not a mad dash. He's on at least a 36 month journey. And typically at the end of that 36 month, he goes, uh, I didn't like that. I did like this. I don't like that. And it's always evolving. Would you all agree with that? Wouldn't you agree? Uh, 110% would agree. Yeah. yeah. If you're not tweaking it, then yeah. it's, it's not disciple making. It's a program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll get back to our conversation in just a minute. First, we want to tell you about our sponsor for today's episode. Our friends at Sanford MTI are sponsoring this episode, and they are on the front lines of equipping people in theology and ministry training. MTI offers affordable and accessible education opportunities to anybody who has a desire to be equipped in ministry or simply grow in their knowledge of Scripture. They offer a lot of great courses around their 38 extension locations, and you can get a diploma for $50 per course. And what's really exciting to us is they offer an MTI online certificate in pastoral leadership, disciple making, women's leadership, worship leadership, and worship administration. In fact, if you use a special code, the code is ALSBOM, A-L-S-B-O-M, you can receive 50% off of their disciple making certificate. And here's the cool thing. You can earn an online certificate in less than a year for just $700. This is Sanford's way to give back to the local church. And so we want to invite you to find out more information. You can go to their website at sanford.edu slash go slash MTI. We'll put that link in our show notes. And uh, we encourage you to check out this awesome, this awesome program at Sanford MTI. Now let's get back to our conversation. We, man, we went into a lot of debt. Oh man. Uh, 2007. Um, we, we borrowed a lot of money, but we just felt like that was where we were. And, um, we had, I didn't tell you guys this, but we were, we were coming to the end of our third capital camp campaign and, and I just didn't have it in me. I couldn't do it. And I looked at our executive pastor and looked at our leadership team and I said, I'm sorry, I cannot make another three-year commitment. Uh, this is, and I knew if it was doing that to me, it was killing the church. I didn't want to go in back into everybody's house and sign a card and get to, I just didn't want to do that. And we landed on, and I don't know where we originally found this idea, but we just landed on an annual generosity initiative that has evolved. The first year we did it, it was entirely focused on money and stewardship and all of those things. And it is evolved. It has evolved every year since then. Um, we produce a magazine uh, the, I, the magazine has all six of my sermons in it. It has testimonies. It has graphs and charts and um, everybody loves the photo section. It talks about our river of stewardship. Here's our 10. There's our magazines from the first nine years. And it just kind of gives an overview and it's just an incredible resource. And so what we do is once a year, every year, we typically do it in October, but because we're paying off our debt, thank you, Jesus, we're paying off our debt in September, we decided to back it up and make it coincide with the debt payoff. And we went from $12.5 million worth of debt in 2007 to zero a week from today. And um, it took, and once again, here's to that young pastor not everybody's going to figure it out all at once. It took at least 12 months for everybody to figure out what we were doing. And there was questions and what about this? And what about that? Are we sure about this? And, you know, you take 
three steps forward and you take a step back and you kind of collect yourself and then you move forward a little bit more. And now everybody understands what we're doing and we have a river of stewardship. We give to the ministry stream, the mission stream and the mortgage stream. Uh, there's a dear Presbyterian pastor, Mark, that you probably know that's right around the corner here in Trustful. He and I ate breakfast the other day and he said, man, I don't have the heart to tell my people that we stole the ministry mortgage and mission stream from the Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty proud of who that is. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, but, but I think the good thing about it is it's just created this, it's created a level of generosity at Crosspoint that's very rare very rare. And our people have bought into it. Now, the interesting thing is, is we're retrofitting it right now. So I'm into about a 12 or 18 month process of re-educating the congregation because next week we don't have a mortgage payment. So what are we going to do with the mortgage stream? And we're, we're renaming it Mana Stream, which you guys know means what is it? And basically Mana Stream is going to be just responding to the activity of God. Whatever God puts in front of us, we'll go, okay, we got the cash assets to do that. Let's do it. That is awesome. So I guess for, for those listening, you probably, I mean, there's probably a lot of pastors with some debt going, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait. So tell a little bit practically how it works and how people are able. So obviously there's those two streams, but how are they able to give to that mortgage stream? How does that work? Well, and by the way, whenever you talk about money, you're the, some people are going to be upset with you <laughs> and you just, you just have to develop, you just have to develop resolve and say, sorry, you feel that way. You know, all you ever do is talk about money, Ryan. So we're leaving. And I go, God bless you. I love you. I'll give you a clue on people who leave. I'll give you a clue on people who leave. Um, send them away the way you want to welcome them back mm. because they will come back. And if you send them the way by hugging them and telling them you love them, and if they ever need you to call you, then when they come back, there's no need to issue apologies and ask for forgiveness. You just welcome them back the way you sent them off. Mm-hmm. And we've welcomed more than a few back. Some of them, I want to look at them and go, hey, wait a second. We, we went from 12 million to zero. <laughs> you ain't coming back in the middle of this. Right. You weren't a part of that. You, you know, you, you need a like way of Jesus or something. You know, I mean, is there a such yeah. thing as Baptist penance? <laughs> I'll tell you what we did, though. I'll tell you what we did. Um, we, we created what we call the River of Stewardship, and we cr- created three streams. Cool story to that. On, high, on uh, Old Springville Road, Mark, do you remember where Old Springville Road runs north and intersects up at Highway 11 up by Matthews Manor? Mm-hmm. About a mile before that is a sign that the state put there, one of these big, huge markers. And I saw it one winter. Never seen it before. And it's the, it's one of the fountain streams of the Cahaba River. And it basically, and there's a little bitty trickle coming out of the ground right there. And it says, this is the fountainhead of the Cahaba River. And I'm like, really? And about two days later, I'm thinking, hey, I like that. <laughs> so I went to our stewardship team and I said, what if we create some streams that flow into a river? And we created the ministry stream, which takes care of all the ministry needs, which is what we tell our people to put their tithe in. We created the mission stream because we want to give insanely to missions all across the board, domestic, foreign, cross point, everything else. And then we created the mortgage stream. 
and we said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put the mortgage payment in the ministry stream, make sure the payment's covered. And then every dollar you give to the mortgage stream will reduce the mortgage by a dollar. It took about 12 months for everybody to start figuring that out. But when they started seeing the mortgage drop and they thought, well, if I give a hundred bucks, I've reduced the mortgage by a hundred bucks. They were, they were able to see that. And then for 10 years, we've operated under that. And we, and, and I talk about that probably every Sunday, not as much as I used to, but typically when we collect our offering now, we don't, do you, you guys don't collect the offering the same way you did before, do you? Yeah, a little different post COVID. How, how stinking wild is that, man? We were at we were at 27% of our people giving electronically before COVID. We're at over 80% now. Yep. How that's just bizarre weird. It's great. I like that. Yeah. But used to when we collected an offering, I would say, now remember, put your tithe in the ministry stream and above your tithe in the mission and mortgage stream. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. And it took us about 12 months to figure it out, and we did. And then, um, and then what we're trying to do, I I don't know if I said this before or not, but we're, we're, since we don't have a mortgage payment as of September 1st, we're going to keep the mortgage stream open until December 31st. And we're going to ask everybody, Hey, look, we've got about a half million dollars worth of capital needs we need to take care of between now and the end of the year. So please continue to give the mortgage stream because they were asking a month ago, people go, Hey, what do we do with the mortgage stream? What do we do with the mortgage stream? And I go, Mm -hmm. Well, when we start at your move, I'm going to explain it to you. And it's all in there. And then on January 1st, we will launch what's called the Mana Stream, where we'll just respond to the activity again. That's awesome. And that, that's, that is literally a byproduct of making. Absolutely. Yeah, Jesus wasn't scared to talk about money. And Jesus did a great job of, of investing in those who followed him to seeing the value of, in, of investing in eternal kingdom things, you know, uh, where our treasures are and where our hearts are. So what you're talking about, not just in retiring debt or creating an opportunity to, to have an outlet to be generous as a church, it's all holistic disciple making. That's all it is. And thank God for a story like Crosspoint, where God is doing something like that there to, to not just minister inside your own church walls, but in your community and to the ends of the earth. And we know that those resources that God's going to bless you with to steward are going to be turning back around and using to make more disciples. So how yeah. would you, how, how would you, as people are kind of watching and listening, and we're kind of trying to bring things to a close, we could probably keep talking for hours, obviously, about all this, because we're, this, we get ramped up and we're talking about this kind of stuff. But how, how would you maybe encourage somebody who may be watching or listening today who maybe they're on the front end of ministry and having gone through a pandemic has been tough. And you're talking about, you've got a friend that's pastoring a church of 20 and you want them to invest in a few. How would you encourage them to keep going? Let's say that they're nowhere close to even getting started before the clock starts ticking for three years. I mean, Mm -hmm. how would you encourage somebody who, Maybe they do have debt. Maybe they do have some some obstacles. Maybe their programming is preventing them from streamlining and, and having a laser focus on disciple making. How would you encourage a pastor in that situation to keep persevering until they can get to a point where they are seen as the lead disciple maker in their church? Yeah, you know, I, 
Wow, I have all kinds of thoughts about that. One of, one of my biggest ones is, I, I don't think we do a good enough job as pastors and ministers and disciple makers, especially in the denomination that we're in. We, we make too many announcements, and I'm not talking about announcements at the end of worship. I'm saying we announce that we're going to do something, and then we never complete it. We never follow through with it. We never finish it. And then when we don't finish it, we go to the next thing and our, and, and it becomes programmatic. It becomes a program and everybody goes, yeah, we used to do that. We've done that before. We've been there. You didn't finish the last thing. You announced this, you announced that. And I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of doing that. For instance, we're in our second generation of the grow series and we still have not announced it to the church. There's nothing in any of our publications that say, if you want to be in a grow group, let us, we just, we haven't done it that way. And we don't. And, and my thinking is get it started, get into it, tweak it, make it work, find out what's going to get every, in everybody's wheelhouse and start moving forward with it. And then let the wake pull everybody else right in behind with what you're doing. And so I'm, like I said, we've not announced the grow series. We, it's all word of mouth. We go to people individually, but the cool thing about it is, is you have people going, Hey, what's this grow group stuff? When am I going to get in one of these? How do I get a part of that? And so you create some curiosity there. So what I would say to those pastors is, man, just keep, just keep, just keep churning it. Just keep doing, just keep doing what you're supposed to do. Stay faithful to it. Yeah. You're going to have some setbacks. And you have some people that are not going to agree with it, but you just got to be steadfast in it. And you just got to keep moving forward. There, there's a military analogy that I like that we use all the time with our staff. And it's, it's called um, advance and establish, advance and establish, advance and establish. And Desert Storm, we may have advanced too far. You guys are not old enough to remember that. But we got out too far in front of our uh, supply chain, and we had to slow Desert Storm down for the supply chain to catch up, catch up. So my staff is all the time asking, okay, where are we? Are we advancing right now, or are we establishing? And I'm afraid what a lot of pastors do and staff members is you advance too much and you don't establish enough. And, and am I making any sense there? Absolutely. That's a great word. And, and there's, and there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with pausing and establishing. There's nothing wrong with stopping and catching your breath and going, you know, we don't have to set the world on fire this week. We can all stop and catch our breath and pat each other on the back and do a little personal evaluation and see where we are and then decide when we want to advance. In fact, I will say this, uh, Mark and Andy, I personally think the church is in an establishment phase right now. I'm, I don't think we need to be advancing much. I think the advancement is coming, but I think, we, I think we need to still keep establishing where we are in this pandemic. And that's an entirely different conversation. Yeah. I, in fact, I, um, one of my staff members that I'm mentoring, that was the, the conversation we just had last week about really? pausing. Yeah. Rating, evaluating, and yeah. re-strengthening. And we, we, our great friend Daniel Edmonds says it this way. He says, start it small, build it right, grow it strong, right? I that, like that. That's exactly what we're, we're called to do. So 
Uh, Ryan, man, it has been such a joy to hang out and to talk a little bit, hear some of your story and what God's doing in your church and your life. And uh, we just want to say thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Well, hey, can I ask you a real quick question before we conclude here? Absolutely. When do I get my uh, gift card to Perry Steakhouse? Is it <laughs> in the mail? Is it in the mail or is it an email? You know, when do I get that? We are fresh out of Perry Steakhouse cards, but we probably have one maybe from Dunkin' Donuts or something. <laughs> <laughs> I could eat a donut. I could eat a donut. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm flattered that you guys would let me bloviate here for a little bit. And um, let me just say this, Andy, Mark, if if there's a pastor here that wants to talk to me, give them my info. If if they want someone just to bounce some ideas off of, because I remember when I was in my 20s and 30s, man, there were some times I was out in the wilderness and I was thinking, what am I doing and every now and then I would be able to go to a pastor that may have had a lot more experience than me. And he would tell me, calm down. You're okay. Do this, do that. So feel free to share my information with any of those young pastors. We certainly will. We, we certainly will do that. And again, thank you, man. Thank you for your thank heart you. and time. We appreciate you. All right, guys. God bless. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. And thank you for everybody for watching. Listen, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 